I don't know whether you can hear me or not. Maybe some of what I'm saying will echo through. Welcome back to Trust God, bro, episode 29. Man, let's go. Um, if, if you're 29 years old and listening to this, shout out to you. This episode goes out um, to you. Um, so, I got Caleb Souter with me today. Hey. Hi, Dean. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, he, he actually has the world's greatest podcast voice. I try really hard. I don't know if it fully qualifies but I, I appreciate the sentiment <laughs> yeah um hailed from hailing from the town of morton illinois mm-hmm. whether that's i know some people have good connotations for morton and some not good what is what's up with that is there is there morton stereotypes oh yeah i get i get stereotyped from being from morton all the time whether it's we think we're we're better than everyone else or we're obsessed with the pumpkin festival yeah that's that's usually the stereotypes yeah. i get from it dude what are your thoughts on the pumpkin festival it it's so good like i, I don't i don't see why people are are so against it i mean you get pumpkin donuts pumpkin ice cream pumpkin carnival rides i mean there's there's so much about it that yeah it, it's just the, the environment's fun you get to see all your friends it's 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 just un, it's unbeatable it's unbeatable mm. yeah yeah i've never actually gone but well this year you should go yeah i should i've always wanted pumpkin ice cream though um yeah, but it is. That's the the big thing with Morton. But it's a cool place. Lots of cool people there. But uh, Caleb, who are you? Um, what do you do? What What's your favorite soup? Or I, I don't know. <laughs> Fill us in. Yeah. Um, so I am 20 years old. I am a sophomore here at ISU studying history education. I, I like chicken noodle. Oh, okay. It's decent. Yeah. Um, I am really passionate about education. I think it's something yeah. that um, I really hope to to dive into and really look into. I I like history. I love history, mm-hmm. but the purpose is education and for kids and yeah. for discipling, and then hopefully to disciple them and teach them partly about what we're talking about today. Yeah, yeah, identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's huge. Um, good segue. So I mean, uh, Caleb, from what I know from you, um, I've probably only known you for. A year and a half, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I have seen in the last year that you've grown a ton, which is super awesome to see. And I think um, you've gone through a couple of trainings on identity, um, but that's not the authority we have. And, uh, you know, we don't have any authority of ourselves, but um, the Word of God, which is our authority and what we submit ourselves to, is um, what we're talking about. Yeah, but yeah. identity, man, I mean, it's like, it's in our blood. We want to have our identity in something. Mm-hmm. And we're challenged by the people around us and you know, social media and um, the movies and music we listen to to find our identity in something. You know, whether it's your gender identity, your, the identity in your job, or the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs mm-hmm, is like, mm-hmm. we're, I think the story you hear is that you have to find your identity in order, and this is the thing that's going to give you meaning, worth, and value. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and so what we, we're going to talk about is that our identity is not found, but it's given to us. Yeah. And yeah, yeah and so that's like the, the Christianity isn't about 
earning um, your worth and value in God's eyes, but it's being giving a received identity. So received versus achieved identity. So and that that may be a foreign term to some people. Maybe you've heard it before, but I want to make sure we're gonna back up and talk about how that actually works out in your life. Um, so, but anyways, there's a lot of cool um, ways this interacts with in our lives. But you can see that you can find your identity in like so many things. Like we said, like gender. Uh, your social class, age, sexual orientation, race, ethnicity, religion, age, and disability. Exactly. An article online said, the way you live and see the world and value certain things is directly linked to your identity. Mm-hmm. That's not a Christian article, but that's just like um, something I found. And so it's like the way you see the world is di- linked to your identity. So um, let's start off. What does it mean to have an identity? Well, what is an identity? Um, yeah, I think it goes back to the definition, and when it, when it says see the world and you value certain things, um, identity has a lot to do with uh, worth and value, and and where you place your value. Um, a lot of times, we identify people by what they're valued by. Mm-hmm. So when I think of LeBron James. His identity is basketball because we value him as such a good basketball player, mm-hmm. and and sometimes you or I can be valued and we're known by the things that we do and the actions that we do, and as a result, that can get very very toxic because we place our own value and we think that because other people find value in us and that that we have to place our own value. Instead of going back to God, mm-hmm. again, for the base, the root of where does our worth and value come yeah. from? Yeah, and so I'm like, I'm a, I'm a six-year-old, and I'm like, hey, man, um, uh, why does it matter that my identity is in, like, in God? Like, wh- what does the creation have to do like what is creation? Like why 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 does that matter? What does that even mean to to be created? Um, and like kind of just like the Genesis. Yeah. Um, well, when you speak of Genesis, we can we can go back to Genesis one to get an idea of what our identity is, right? Um, Genesis one twenty seven says that so God created man in His own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he mm-hmm. created them. So so right from the beginning in the creation story, God has told us that our image, that, that his image, right, is on us. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a really cool way to think about this is, is in the terms of a coin. So I have a coin in front of both of us. Yeah. I have a penny and a quarter. What? And they're not going to know that. They can't I, see I, it. I know they can't see it, but just I want you guys to visualize this in your head. Please. A quarter and a penny. A quarter and a penny. And on a quarter, you have the face of Abraham Lincoln. And on the, quarter, on the face of the quarter, you have George Washington. Yeah, you can, you can hear it there. Um, yeah, okay. Right? And we know that the value of those coins is based upon, not always, but to some extent, follow my analogy here, it's based upon the face that you see on those coins. So when we are living in Christ and we have Christ in us, 
God sees us, sees Christ in us. He sees Christ's righteousness put on us. And that gives us an uncountable, innumerable amount of worth and value. Because his image is on us, because he sees his son on us, we have an immense value. And if we don't put that first, if we don't realize that Christ's value is the most important thing, we start putting other things instead. And those aren't eternal. Those aren't permanent. Christ is eternal. And it leads us down a path and, and starts, and we can kind of go into this mm-hmm. later of when you don't put your identity in Christ. But again, yeah, from, yeah. from, from the beginning, God has laid the groundwork yeah. of our identity. So then if I am not... So if my identity is not in Christ, can I can I lose that that righteousness? Like how does that how does that work? If do I have to be a Christian? Do does everyone have that imputed righteousness? How does what how does that work? That's a tough question. <laughs> yeah. Um and sometimes it's it's helpful for me just to get really dumb so we can like I think when these like fundamental like things you can see like a, a lot from it. I don't know. So I just, sometimes I just question those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think every person, right, has in a, has that intrinsic value mm-hmm. that God has created them. Um, and I think even more so as a Christian, we have the ability to recognize that mm-hmm. and, and and realize, right, why, why God has given us that amount of righteousness and worth. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say... Like 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So it's only in Christ. And you see that, like you said, everyone has worth and value and dignity because they're made in the image of God, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, both male and female distinctly. And um, we mirror God in that way. And we're supposed to walk and talk in a way that when you look down on earth, you'd see, hey, these are little, these are little statues of God, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, when you see the way they act. But the, we're also broken. Um, I think the way Bob Smart puts it is that we're... Um, we're glorious ruins. Glorious ruins, exactly. And so it's like you see this once glorious temple now ruined. That's who we are. And to become a Christian, it's like Christ came down. He became, He say we're covered in mud. Christ took on all the mud for us. He became a mud child, um, and he gave us his white, beautiful robe, and he touched us, and instantly we're clean. That is Christ, and the way we have Christ is through faith, and so only the ones that place their faith in Jesus, saying he died, rose again for my sins, are the ones that have this identity in Christ, um, versus, you know, if you're not a Christian, um, there really is no identity. You can't you can't say, oh, you know, I I am adopted into God's family because you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I guess it's it's just good to realize of like, it, it. And so you enter into that covenant by faith, and you you are kept. We're not only saved by the gospel, but we're kept through the gospel. Mm-hmm. So like I think realizing that every day of like, hey, Christ died for my sins, and that's my identity i'm pardoned of all my sins and accepted as righteous in your sight but only for the righteousness of christ imputed to me and received by faith alone that only happens um through faith and i think each day Mm -hmm. that happens 
um, and not just like a one-time decision. And so that was kind of a, like a tangent, but I think that's like a, the good foundation mm. we need to have mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. we get any more into, um, you know, the battle that we have yeah. with our yeah. identity. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and the battle of our identity is, is very, very important, right? Because I think in an ideal world, we'd like to wake up every morning yeah. and feel just completely abiding with the spirit in the power of Christ, yeah. Satan not attacking us at all. But the truth is, is that Satan really does want to challenge mm-hmm. our identity. And we can see that in the Gospels when, when yeah. he was talking to Jesus, when he was tempting Jesus. Hmm. Um, in, in Luke 3, um, we see, see God giving Jesus his identity, right? Mm-hmm. We, we see him... When Jesus is baptized, God's saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, right? God gives him his value and his identity. And then he goes out into the wilderness. Um, And while he's there, he's tempted, right? He's hungry. And Satan says, before every temptation, he asks Jesus this question. Hold on, let me say. He says, if you are... The son of God mm-hmm. command the stone to be bread. This is Luke 4, right? When he takes him to the top of the temple, he asks, if you are the son of God, huh. throw yourself down there. So every time when he tempts him, he's attacking his identity that God just gave him. Like yeah. this is, this is, it's, it's something that Satan's not afraid to go after. Jesus knows he's God. Mm-hmm. This isn't a question for him. But he goes straight to it and attacks him right away with that. So I, it's important that we that we address this because because Satan wants to go after it. Yeah. No, Isaac's walking through the room. I think this Sorry, has happened. No, it's funny. Every time we record here, Isaac's doing something wonky through the room. Take out the microwave or sneak the microwave was funny. Yeah. See ya. Um. So yeah. That Christ attacks, bleh, Satan attacks Christ's identity to, and that's like where he gets him or is trying to get him, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to disbelieve that what God says to, um, in the root of sin, all sin is unbelief in God. And so that's what Satan was trying to do. He was trying to get God to doubt um his authority and obviously um jesus 100 percent god 100 percent man um theological big wordy terms like the hypostatic union but anyways it's like so he was tempted in every way to disbelieve god to say god you're not good you're not actually who you say you are and, and to say that i like his identity you know and so but he didn't give in so that's crazy mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Satan does then give us lies that he tries to to make us believe about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Or he gives us lies that try to attack where our value and our worth comes from. Okay. Yes. And I think that's a daily thing of like, I wake up and this, I, this, I wake up, I have a good devotion, have a great workout, have a really good day of work. Um, I, you know, share the gospel with someone, a coworker comes to Christ, come home, my parents say, Dayton, you're the best, we love you. Caleb, hey, thank you for taking out the trash, like, 
Um, and you, you, you take this girl out on a date and she's like, I love you so much or, or whatever. And you lay your head down at night and you're like, I really killed it today. I, I did well. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It was like, you're finding your identity in yourself and what you've done. And on the flip side, say you wake up and you completely, you're late to work. You didn't have, you skipped your quiet time. Um, you blew it at work. Um, you broke your <laughs> application, you know, <laughs> happened to me. Other, or like Sadie, my sister, she's like making, um, she first started a job as a barista and <laughs> the milk <laughs> started squirting out everywhere. Like a <laughs> shot out. She was late to the thing, I think. And then like. Anyways, you know, milk everywhere, learning to be a barista, not fun. And anyways, so you, you get home, your parents are like, hey, like, you, you messed up on this. You failed at this. We're disappointed in you. And, um, you know, you, you go home and you lay your head down at night and you're like, man, I really, I really screwed this up. I'm the worst. Mm-hmm. And that's the pendulum mm-hmm. that we find our identity in to either swing to I'm killing it or I'm the worst. And what your identity in Christ does, it gives you this even, um, this this even path, this thing that does not hinder, um, based on your circumstance, and that happens through faith. But so say you have that great day, and at night you lay your head down, and it's like, I'm pardoned of all my sins, and accepted as righteous in God's sight, but only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to me and received by faith alone not by my righteousness but by Christ mm. and say so you mm. have that terrible day and um, you lay your head down and you're like I'm pardoned of all my sins and accepted as righteous in your sight but only for the righteousness of Christ so that gives you a sense of um, of value it's like it's and so it kind of like offers you a way out of this um, this pendulum of like up and down and emotional highs and lows um and it kind of like spits you out of that hurricane and puts you out in this land where you can walk and be settled and kind of help people in a because mm. i think when you're in this emotional turmoil of your identity it's kind of hard to help people and yeah yeah, yeah. And, yeah and i i'd love to to offer an, an example yeah. kind of what you're what you're talking about um so satan right he likes to give us lies and I don't think we often give Satan enough credit for all, all that he, all that he does in our life. Did you just say that? I did say that, and I mean that oh in, the, in, in a bad way. Like like he we we kind of ignore the way that he he's gonna attack us and he tries to come after us because he he's sneaky. He wants he wants yeah. to be creative, and he wants to give us lies that we tell about ourselves. Um, and one of those things for me, um. We'll get, we might get to Enneagram later, but I'm a, I'm a three on the Enneagram. Hmm. And Shout out to all the threes out there. Yeah, all the threes out there. <laughs> you achievers, you. You. Um, and as a three, I find a lot of my value and my worth in my achievements. I want other people to, to see the work that I've done, to see the things that I've created and that I've made and that I've achieved – and I want to be praised, I want to be recognized, and find my value in those things. And as a result, um, it, it kind of makes you paranoid and you mm-hmm. focus on yourself. And I want to give a, a brief example. Um, my, my senior year of high school, I 
was very close to being there was like a top 10 basically in the uh, high school and kind of like a prom type thingy here oh uh, it was it was it was for grades is what it was oh really okay. and and there, there was a top 10 for grades and i wanted so badly to be in that top 10. how many people were in your high school there was there's was like 950 wow and All so right, and so, so I, I really wanted to be part of this yeah and you had to have a certain gpa and I, I worked my senior really, really hard. Like I wanted mm-hmm. to get the good grades. I was so close to getting it. Last day of school hits, check the grade book, and I was three thousandths of a GPA point from getting to the to the cutoff. Dang. To where I needed to be. And I was devastated by this. Dang. It it really hurt and it shook me. Mm-hmm. And I remember at graduation, I'm sitting there next to my friend who was part of the part of this group and my cousin seeing my cousin stand up. And get recognized for being part of the top ten, and I couldn't. Yeah. Like I sat there, I was so close, mm-hmm. but it didn't. Um, what happened was I didn't have any joy for them. Mm. I was so focused on mm. the. I want to get recognized for this. I want people to see that I'm a smart guy. At least I hope I'm a I'm smart competent. guy. I'm competent. Yeah, I want I want people to see that. I, yeah. I want people to recognize that in me, mm. and how that instance has been kind of brought back. Satan takes that and says, you didn't get that. You weren't recognized for that. You're not going to be in the yearbook with them. You didn't get your picture taken. You didn't get put in the journal star because of it. Yeah. And he's going to give you all these things and all these ways of saying, your value, your worth, it's not, it's not great, dude. Yeah. Like you, you could have been this, but you're not. Yeah. And it took me a while to get over that. Yeah. It took, it took this identity training and, and Bob saying, you know, you you have been told this lie that people value you based on what you do. And being exposed to that, right? Satan hates it when his lies are exposed. Because when we can talk to other people about that and we can be open and we can bring his lies to light, they're, you can you can redeem the situation. Mm. And so now I look back at the situation and go, man, I was in a bad spot. I did not respond appropriately to this. But now I can look back and I can look at the story and say, hey, you know, I still find a lot of value in, or I still find grades important. Like I don't, yeah. I don't deny that, but I'm not going to be devastated. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to value myself any less when I do get a C yeah. or get a B or get a D. Like my value and my worth, which was heavily in grades because I want to be recognized for those grades, yeah. is now been changed because of the exposed lie yeah. that Satan used to give me and, and, and now I'm fighting against and now yes. I have Christ in me to fight against that yeah so do we have like foolish strategies that we use to fight the lie on our own strength yeah I, I think we definitely do like I will do things to give me that sense so so say like I'm also we're talking about Enneagram <laughs> I'm an Enneagram 3 also uh, and I think I am I think I've been more hesitant to use the Enneagram in different ways because I like we've talked we were talking about this before it's a tool um, but don't let the tool use you mm-hmm. and so it's mm-hmm. like that's not your primary identity it's not the Enneagram but the it's a great tool that you can use in order to grow um, with that being said so anyways like I struggle and like, I think the thing I will tell myself is that I'm a failure and I can do nothing right and mm. part of it comes from whether um, high school and I um, was in cross country and I had like a really bad race. I remember just finishing and 
just crying and I felt like I failed my coach or mm-hmm. even at work I feel like I, I messed up at things I used to work at Chick-fil-A and I remember finishing every once in a while and I just like I got pulled over by a cop and then I, I, I started all coming up and I realized like dude I'm a failure I can't do anything right I'm not I'm bad at my work mm-hmm. and so these things like have happened and I think we all have those childhood moments and usually they happen pretty early and maybe they're insignificant um, but we start to draw meaning and significance from those things. Mm. And then it's like, I'm going to try and get that however I can get that. So for me, it's like being the life of the party, like having people to love me and doing things, whether it's to get like a girl to say, like, I want you or to get the, the people to look at my life. Like I want to, I want to be you or stuff like that. So I think like, those are part of the things that I will do of like, I will tear other people down. Mm. Um, specifically, I remember my brother, when I used to work with him, I um, was scooping corn, <laughs> d- dirty corn. That's the summer job I had. And it, I mean, it was really fun. But anyways, I, now I, got, I was just getting so frustrated and mad at him. I was like, you're scooping the corn wrong. Like, you can't scoop corn wrong. But the, the, <laughs> the thing was, I thought I knew everything. Like, you know, in my strategy to advert my, like, to help me was to tear him down. And so that's like I have to. I think realizing that's a really good thing of saying like, hey, you and have people in your life when you realize that of like, hey man, like I saw you doing this. Would you be doing this because you don't believe that God says I've died for you and that um, I've adopted you into my family? Like, do you do you think that's why you are doing these things? Mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a good and healthy thing to realize that. Yeah. No, that is a um, amazing point. Having accountability and having friendships and people who know you well enough and can speak honestly and truthfully, can speak the truth into your life is huge. And I could probably go on another 30 minutes about accountability and having those friendships. But um, specifically for me, like we mentioned Isaac, he's walking through. Isaac has been great in my own life yeah. of, of, of looking at me and asking me, what, what are my intentions? And... It's not to scare me away from doing a certain thing. I I love singing, and I'm not going to um, necessarily stop singing or stop leading worship because mm-hmm. my intentions are wrong. Yeah. But I need to recognize that they they can be wrong, and that Christ, through the Holy Spirit, can can change my heart and use my intentions for good. He can take the bad things, the the personal recognition, right? Going back to my core lie, He can take that and still use it for good, and it takes a friend to sometimes open your eyes yeah. to that situation and, yeah. and, and, and reveal that truth to you. Mm. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, we can be so blind about it. And so that's why um, just talking about it, you know, is really good. And just asking yourself, like, what are things I do um, to earn my value instead of um, believe, you know, and believe my identity in mm-hmm. Christ? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's really good. So a couple weeks ago, I was able to talk to um, a guy from University of Illinois who grew up, it was from India. And part of the culture in India and in China is that there is an insane amount of importance and weight into test scores, specifically in high school. Um, you can look back all the way back through history and see how people would take these test scores and you're, you were socially determined where you went based on test scores. Maybe not so much in India, maybe it's more in China. Mm -hmm. But, tangent. The point being, 
throughout high school, as he was telling me, was he was one of the best test takers, right? He he would score extremely well on these exams, and he was given a lot of value and a lot of respect because of how well he would do. And because of that, he was able to get into one of the best universities in India. But when he got to college, he was surrounded by people who put a lot of importance on different things. All of a sudden, it was about, oh, can you play sports? Can you play cricket? Can you play tennis? Can you play an instrument? Can you sing? Can you get girls? Are you socially liked? Can you go to parties? And the importance and value on grades all of a sudden goes almost completely away. Um, and the same thing is in, is in China and Korea too. You, once you've gotten to college, people really don't necessarily care about grades. And he was telling about how, how miserable he was in college, right? Because his identity and his worth and value was placed in grades, Throughout high school, he was riding high. And then as soon as something fickle, like people's personalities and, or societal preferences changed, his self-worth and how he viewed himself was terrible. He said it was one of the most, some of the most miserable years of his life mm. because his identity and his worth was not in Christ, not something that was solid, but in grades or in societal, societal preferences, which are fickle and can change. Yeah, no, that's cool. I think that's a that's a good example. Hmm. Yeah, to to go back to to the lie. Um, mm-hmm. If you're if you're struggling to to realize ways like the explicit way that Satan does mm-hmm. go after you, one of the interesting ways that through this identity training that Bob did that um, that stuck with me was trying to find stories or instances. That when you think about it, you have an immense amount of guilt or shame. A ton of emotion usually tied to it. Yeah, exactly. Over something that's seemingly minuscule. Yeah. So, the, for instance, the the whole GPA thing for me. That is a great example of... That is something that Satan brings back and I get uncomfortable about it. I have another instance. This was back to my sophomore year of high school. And this... Satan would bring this back and I still would get embarrassed about it. But I had a, I had a civics project. Yeah. That... I waited until the very last night to do, mm-hmm. and I did terrible on it. And I was the first presentation. And so I sat there with my poorly made iMovie, iMovie video and just the amount of shame that came over, and I got a D on it, and it was just it was, yeah. it was the worst thing I'd ever done. And But Satan would, my senior year of high school, my freshman year of college, yeah. Satan would bring that back yeah. and try to get me worked up about it. Yeah. And so to, to, to look in your own life of, yeah. of what are what are stories that yes. shouldn't matter, but exactly they sometimes do. That's a good thing because it's like if you let those stories control your life, it's going to ruin your marriage, your friendships, your relationship with your roommates. Um, it, it will control you. So yeah, yeah here's, a, here's a list, and I think you may identify with a little bit of all of them, but mm-hmm. there's some of them there that might be a little bit more potent than others. Yeah, exactly. So uh, a type one, right, um, wants to prove excellence because they don't want to be corrupt or evil or defective. A two wants to find their worth as long as they're needed, as long as they're, they want, they have the ability to serve other people. Three, as we've mentioned, is they're, we're worthless unless we perform well and people give us that value. Um, a four, want, um, that they're not significant, that they're... That they're um, yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to make a yeah. Not going to make a difference. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, five um, that they they need to know know the answer to things that they're that they're useless and incapable. Um, sixes is that they their lies that they have no support and there's no one to guide them and protect them. Sevens is that they they they're deprived. They want to go find more and find greater things and, and do do more and, and and find a greater and, and more high to a, to a certain situation. Eight, they don't want to be a controlled, and then so they, they must be on top. That they, they have to be in control of the situation. And then a nine is that they they they're told that they don't matter, um, that they are voiceless. Um, so those are those are just kind of just yeah. a, a, a brief yeah. summary of those. And I would say if you leave this and you're saying, I know my struggle i know my the thing i tell myself my lie and that's the thing that like i identify with and that's all you leave with then we failed you because that's not the point of that like this is just to to get you started so we're we're going to flip the switch and go towards like what is the truth and how how does that how can i get that to apply to my life despite whatever narrative you're telling yourself um so um, there's there's tons of different ways. So, mm-hmm. but let's the, the start. Um, so Jackie Hill Perry, um, she wrote a book called Gay Girl, Good God, and basically the story of who she was and who God is, and it literally is just her story. I really like this book, uh, but she she talks about um, how the identity plays a role with same sex attraction, and it's like it, we make sexual identity a huge thing. Um, but this is how she writes in the end of her book, and I think. I'm, I'm going to quote her. Identity is a big deal. It, like a language we carry on our faces, says a lot of what we believe about God, ourselves, and others. Unable to help itself, it will determine the how that governs our steps. The way we move about the world can always be traced back to the question, who am I, who am I today, and what is God always? And the idea she's getting at, too, is not just with same-sex attraction. She says we want to identify ourselves with our struggle. So that's where it's like when you're identifying yourself with your struggle, the thing I struggle with most, maybe some sin um, that's in your life, that's not the that's not the purpose of why we're talking about this. Mm-hmm. Our primary identity is in Christ, and out of that, the way we live is determined because of our primary identity. So this re- received identity that happens through faith. And there's a ton of stuff that happens when you place your faith in Christ. It, it means your identity in Christ it involves adoption, adoption into the church. It involves love for God. It involves hate for sin, to see something, um, to see God as beautiful hmm. and a sin as as deadly. And this happens because of um, the gospel, believing in the gospel, and vice versa. When we sin, when we choose to go outside of God's uh, means for us and to say God is not good it's because of unbelief and who God says um, we are through Christ so um, a verse to get you to place a finger on it Galatians 2.20 for I've been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me in the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me and so you see that we're a new creation and we are dead to sin. Consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ. To believe that is the way you can live with your identity in Christ. To, to, to say that and not only say it, but to believe it. 
Um, mm. The Christian message is pretty simple. <laughs> it, it is faith. And so that's why trusting God is uh, simple, but not easy. Mm. You know, so anyways, um, do you have any, like, what, what does it mean to have an identity in Christ? And I know we've talked about this with the coin. I think that's a great mm-hmm. analogy. Um, but is there is there any other thing you think about it? Yeah, I. It's about a mindset shift, I think, in some sense, mm-hmm. right? It is realizing and recognizing those lies, and knowing and being inundated with the truth of who Christ says we are. Um, so. It's 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 looking at your like the verse in, in mm-hmm. Galatians two twenty, or or looking at um, like the verse in First Peter two nine that says you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a purple a people for his own possession, right? Or in John one eleven he says, but all who did receive him believed in his name. He gave the right to become the children of God. Like going back to your adoption yeah. point, right? Yeah. Like we are. God's children. He is. He has brought us and chosen us to be part of His family, and not only do we have again the value that Christ, mm-hmm. you know, God sees us. He sees us as that Son. We also have the church body, right? I, I have a brother who who was an orphan. We adopted mm-hmm. him, right? He not only got a mom and a dad, mm. but he also got siblings. He got brothers and sisters. Yeah. He got the church. Who then can tell him, you're part of our family, mm-hmm. and we're going to fight back the lies that Satan is trying to give us through this. And, and we're going to remind you of those truths. It, yeah, it starts with truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is a fact. And so, I mean, I could pick out specific verses that will do this, but I think just the washing of God in his word as an entirety is the thing you need most. Um, the thing that I need most. And... Um, yeah, it, ju- it just happens to this daily um, bringing yourself to understand these this, this truth that God says. Um, yeah. Okay, so next question. Do you wrestle with your identity? Is that something that, like, you still wrestle with? Like, how's, how's that work? Uh, it's, as with, I think, a lot of sins in our life, it's not, it's not necessarily something that's going to be solved in a day. Mm-hmm. It's going to take. It's going to take time. It's going to take the Holy Spirit and wanting to abide with Him and walk with Him and and, and wanting to have the fruit of that uh, of the Spirit in you come out and be active. It's going to take time. It's going to take work. And Satan's going to come back in in strong moments and again go after your intrinsic worth and value mm-hmm. and where you place your value. Um, and it's it. But when you create um, the, a community that, that can tell you these truths and you have scripture memorized, we can we can fight it better. Yeah. And, and, and in some sense, it does become easier because yeah. we do have we have the resources yeah. to fight against the lies. Yeah. Going, yeah, again, the truth, the truth yeah. it will, will will set you free from from the sin and the lie that Satan wants to tell yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say it's like you may feel like. If for I'm more so speaking to myself. You may feel like you still struggle with this, with, um, but there is a sense of overcoming that can happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the Bible does give a lens that says we can um, grow through these things. 
but at the same time it's like I'm speaking like this and I like yesterday I came I didn't have a good day at work and I came home and I was not happy you know I was not happy because of that it affected mm-hmm. the rest of everything I did so with that being said it's like um, but also it's like you can grow in this by faith and like you know memorizing scriptures Galatians 2:20 um, there's there's a this thing I, I said it a couple times but it's just kind of like um, like a catechism you know and it's taking verses from the Bible and it puts it together in a sentence and I, I will tell myself this um, a decent amount just say I'm, I'm pardoned of all my sins and accepted as righteous in your sight but only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to me and received by faith alone. I, I would recommend you guys to um, memorize that, write it down if you can, put it somewhere you can see it. And I think when you are feeling the temptation to go out and to disbelieve what God is saying about you, to re- like recite that to yourself yeah. and tell yourself that. You, you, want, you want to say that again? I think that was really, really good. Okay. I, 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 I want to hear it again. <laughs> uh, I mean... I honestly, I, I'm just being real too. I, when I first learned it, I memorized it, and I probably said it myself, uh, like once a week, or not, or like a decent amount. Like I remember hurting myself, and I felt like, terrible, and I, for some reason that just came in my head. And in the last like six months, I don't know if I've said it like once. So that that's to give you an idea. Um, so I think it, the realize like man, like I really, and that's probably a lot of the root of why I'm in this back in this pendulum of back and forth because I haven't been taking myself to that but it's really good so i'm pardoned of all my sins and accepted as righteous in your sight but only for the righteousness of christ mm-hmm. imputed to me and received by faith alone and this is true and so um take that um and believe it so i think that's one way you can practically like apply this to your life um you know second corinthians five twenty one. It's really good. Galatians two twenty, um, you know, Romans. I I do want to point out one song that I thought. Oh yeah, is, is kind of a cool way to think about this. Can you sing it? I could sing it. I don't know if I really want to sing it. Um, I. It's a song by Lauren Daigle. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I uh, it, it's called "You Say." I'm sure you guys have all heard it before. Mm-hmm. But I love how it, it, it just reminds and it's consistently saying like who we are, right? So so in one of the lines it says like the only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. You think of me. God, in you I find my worth. In you I find my identity. And then it goes into the chorus. Um, it's like you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. Mm. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say, I am held when I'm falling short, and when I don't belong, oh God, you say, I am yours, and I believe. I believe what you say of me. What God you say of me, I believe. Mm. I, th- I thought that was a really yeah. song. That's cool. So. I mean, like, I it's I hear it on the radio so much, I kind of just, like, tune it out. Mm-hmm, I think... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of did too, yeah. but... <laughs> and my mom, she's, like, she always thinks songs are, like, oh, this song is kind of whiny or whatever. Or like, so, like, there's a certain point of it, like, I just tune it out, like, because it's, like, kind of a big name, Lauren Daigle, she's mm-hmm. kind of big. But I do think that's a really great um, thing. That's a, a really cool... It's, like, even when I, I don't feel like it, you know, I feel weak, I feel like I'm falling short... So you say I'm loved, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and that's, um, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Of course. 
Yeah. Okay. Anything yeah. else you want to hit on? Um. No, I think I I, I think that's okay. That's about it. No, yeah. Thanks for um, joining. I think that that was really helpful. Um. And just in my life, you know, I think um, it is good to hear this. Okay, if you could summarize this in one sentence, what would you say? What would I say? Your value and your worth comes from who Christ says you are mm. and the truth that comes, wow, yeah. comes along with it. Yeah. Yeah. You are defined. Your identity is achieved and not received. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. Achieve, not receive. So just rest in that. You don't need to go out and earn your worth and value, but you can rest in who Christ says you are. Um, not an easy thing to do, but with the help of um, His Holy Spirit living in you mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. Word of God transforming you, um, and by faith you can live in that. So yeah, cool. Thanks for yes, thanks for course. joining. Um, thanks for conversing with me. I appreciate your thoughts and opinions as well. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So I I don't know. I'm excited for. You, Caleb, you got a um, bright future. <laughs> Stop it. I don't Stop know what it. I'm saying. I sound like I'm talking about a graduation, uh, <laughs> high school graduation speech right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, man, did, did you give a high school graduation speech? I did not. You didn't? Did not. You seem like the type of guy that would. No. Top honors, always always earning yeah. the best. Yeah. Were you prom king? I was not prom king. Were no. you not? I was not. Man, usually Enneagram 3s are like prom kings and... Especially good-looking guys like Caleb. Oh, stop. Stop. <laughs> he's you, if, you want, if you want to know how to make me uncomfortable, he's doing exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to do a Q&A session coming up, so please send in your uh, questions. I'd love to um, answer those. And kind of, I want to get a wide variety of things. So whatever's on your mind, um, it'd be kind of fun to mix it up and, instead of doing this usual one. Um, yeah. I'll have to hook you up with the Trust God Bro sticker, Caleb. Awesome. It's still in the mail, even though I've talked about this last like two episodes, and it's just been taking a while, so I don't know where they're at, but... I'd love one. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so we end every episode by saying that's how you trust God, bro. So, okay. My countdown. And that's, that's how, how you trust, trust God, God bro. bro.